Welcome to Seers, Beers, Knowers, and Doers, a podcast about intuition. Do you know what that is? Intuition to me is that inner sense for knowing that something is true, and yet I have no proof. But there's so many definitions, and there's so many ways it can come. I'm looking to bring together and share with you some amazing guests who have some amazing life stories and also some insights into how intuition can come. And I'm looking to gather those crows in the trees. I hope you're one of them. I hope that this podcast inspires you to be more connected to your intuition. And I hope that by doing that, we make the world a better place. Thanks for coming on this journey with me. So I'm super excited today because I've just made another connection through the fabulous internet with another horse person. I know my podcast guests are going to be excited because I always love bringing horse people because horses relate to life in such a larger way if we allow the messages to come through. So thank you so much, Ainsley Beauchamp, for joining me today. I'm super excited to have the opportunity to share you with the world. Well, thank you. I've been looking forward to this. It's quite exciting. So much, much to talk about around horses and intuition and all that good woo-woo stuff. Yeah, it is cool. Just in the short time we were talking beforehand, I'm like, oh, yeah, you get it. We're on the same page. Can't wait to share you. So would you mind telling us about yourself? I can give it a bit of a shot. I'm an equine therapist. This is how I, I make my living. And I travel around southern BC, the Okanagan and Smokemane areas. And I do primarily hands-on body work for horses. And so with that, I do structural alignment, massage, acupressure. Um, I'm also a craniosacral therapist for horses and dogs. And, and then I'm also really interested in energy work. So as part of my journey, I became a Reiki master and a Psyche facilitator. And so bringing the energy in and being able to work with subconscious beliefs through Psyche, um, it's just opened up a whole different world in healing. And I've always loved horses. Like I've been drawn to them since I was a really small child, even though I didn't have access in the early days. And, um, you know, finding my way, this sort of meandering path to end up working full time uh, with horses in these really beautiful peaceful ways and it, it just I don't have bad days at work I either have great days or good days which is pretty good it's amazing <laughs> I've literally just had a chat with somebody at the barn I volunteer with yesterday about how I love being on the ground with a horse more than I love being on top of them like riding them and they're like, well, you're only going to get better riding if you actually ride. And I'm like, well, I, I'd like to get better on the ground with them <laughs> because there's just such a peacefulness and a presence to be in a horse's presence that I find it such a gift to be able to spend time doing that. And at some point, I would love to just offer that to more people because they're just amazing so I totally get what you're saying about you don't have a bad day at work because I, I it's, it's how could you <laughs> how could you <laughs> things do go wrong on occasion <laughs> but that's that's life with horses and you know they're big animals and they can be volatile but 
being on the ground, I, I've actually, prior to becoming a body worker, I had a horseback vacation company. And so I spent many, many hours in the saddle every day. And mm. it was its own magic because I always felt like the boys and I went to work together. We were partners and we would go down the trail like this little gang and, and you know, nothing phased us. Nothing bothered us. I mean, we came across the most outrageous situations at times. We'd all be just hanging around as a little group going, hmm, interesting. Oh, look, they're logging here where they've never logged before and trees are falling everywhere. We'll just wait until somebody notices us so we can pass through. Um, and being perfectly peaceful in that, wow. you know, but I, I know that came from the relationship with these horses that uh, I loved so much. Wow, that would have been a hard thing to let go of, I would think. What was the transition there? In in what sense? Well, in oh, from riding from a horseback vacation company, you mean? From from your posse. Oh, and it, they were absolutely to, that. That was my posse. To and, like, um, let me go work on everybody else's horses. That's a, like. I don't know. Do you still have your posse? Maybe you still have your posse. I do not. So of my posse, we have three uh, geriatric fellows left, and I, I just adore, adore them. They're, they're really great guys. We ended up having to disperse the herd. There were um, 17 horses, and, you know, obviously once we, that chapter closed, um, you know, keeping 17 horses is, is not logical to say the least but the moment we made the decision to close the doors every single horse was spoken for by somebody that I knew except one and in fact I put a little note up on Facebook saying you know uh, we're drawing to a close but somebody called within minutes asking if they could buy a particular horse like it was just they were really I, I speak of them in the past tense not that they're gone but they're they're gone out of my stewardship at this point um and and the one horse that went to a complete stranger it was it was the most incredible thing he was on the market and i had quite a lot of interest in him and um you know nobody fit nobody fit and then there was a really nice person that was going to come up and take a look at him and then i got a phone call from somebody else and we ended up being on the phone for about an hour and a half and i thought you were my sister and I know this horse is going to be with you and the two of you are going to have a wonderful life together. So I actually, you know, broke the potential sale with that first person. And as it turned out, that horse's name was Winston. And he went to live with this woman and her husband, she was a, a real horse person. Her husband had no interest in horses whatsoever, but he fell in love with Winston. Mm. And he would go to the barn every single day, spend time with them, and then he was diagnosed with cancer. And mm. as it happened, he passed, and he passed very quickly, but there was something in Winston that called to him, and they spent a lot of time together in his last few months. Wow. And so I don't know, is that why Winston had to go there? She still has him. He's wow. living a good life. Wow. Neat. Yeah. Well, and what did you do before you were doing the horse vacation thing? Uh, prior to that, I actually was working at a couple of different jobs. Um, I had uh, working for a, a trail ride 
company where we were just doing the one-hour trail rides. And I also worked at the same time part-time in real estate. And that was while we were, we were trying to get our vacation company up and running. And um, the thing about the one-hour trail ride, as a body worker, I work for all kinds of people who run one-hour trail rides. Those horses, they work so hard. Mm-hmm. And they are so generous with people, but they're often very misunderstood by their riders and it's just because the riders don't know it's not because they're bad or anything else but um you know they they just come along and it's their holidays and they're excited and they want to go for a ride and and they truly don't understand how um how much these horses are giving just by carrying them safely right for their their little time with them and uh, the, the generosity of spirit that's involved in that. And so right. what I knew working in the one-hour uh, business was, and I had done that before as well, I just knew that wasn't the market for us, that there's many people looking after at that market. Uh, we catered to experienced riders with the vacation company, and so it ended up being like just going riding with people. Mm. And that was a blast. Okay. That was, it was so much fun. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. And then prior to that, actually, um, I worked in healthcare, human healthcare. So I um, have education in geriatric care, and I also worked for many years um, uh, in labor delivery and as uh, an OR aide. So I do kind of come into this chapter of my life now, where I'm an equine body worker, with, you know, all kinds of horse experience, but also uh, a certain amount of uh, medical experience as well. So it kind of fit. And with the riding company that we had, we used to get body workers to come out because they just made all the difference in the horse's well-being. Like, like it was one way of giving back for all the work that the horses did. And we also rented a couple of pastures, or at least we had at one point a 100-acre pasture and at another point a 200-acre pasture. And it was so the boys could have space. And on their days off, they could just be. They could just do what they wanted to do. Yeah, it was always really important to us that they were looked after mentally, emotionally, physically, etc. So... So having seen all this body work done, it made sense that body work might fit me. Right. Wow. You've had a few different lives in this in this life. Yeah, for sure. But I think that makes okay. it interesting. Yeah, and they all intertwine, which is interesting because the, the understanding of the anatomy and physiology of a human, they're different with a horse, but but there still is, there's links that every there are there's overlap yeah for sure Uh, for sure and and just sort of having some understanding of um allopathic medicine and things like that i I think it helps because uh, what i do i feel very strongly is complementary medicine which means that i'm very very happy when a vet is involved and a horse has a good solid diagnosis and i can come in and do what i do which can get off into the woo-woo quite happily Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but it's uh, I've got a better map under those circumstances for sure. to work with. Yeah, for sure. And that's one of the things I really like about cranial sacral is that, in a way, it's very much energy work, and in a way, it's very much hands-on. Um, but you are given clear maps on how to help the horse's body unwind and heal itself. So we don't do the healing, obviously. We facilitate healing, mm-hmm. and then the horse does what he needs to do in his body. And I've seen some pretty crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. I've experienced cranial sacral myself, and it is a lovely, lovely, amazing 
modality. It's so gentle. Mm-hmm. But it really powerful. is. And so often just even, you know, if a horse is, is concerned about body work or they're tender and, and sore, which, of course, usually I get called in when a horse is sore, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, if they can't handle anything else, and I move to cranial sacral and, and working cranial sacral through the body, not just on the head, and um, they just become very peaceful very, very quickly. They start melting and trusting, and then that often allows me to come in with some of the more tangible hands-on things that are needed in the moment, too. Very cool. So I'm going to shift gears a little bit here, because... Mm-hmm. It seems like you've been given pebbles because oddly all of these things are kind of related. Yeah, it's kind of neat. So how does intuition come to you? So since I, you know, you connected with me, this has been, I've thought about this so much because I'm like, intuition? Do I use intuition? I guess I use intuition. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute, how does it show up? Um, So... Um, it, it comes to me in a few different ways. So definitely for me, knowing. It's a knowing. It's clear and it, it's a strong knowing. If it's positive, excuse me, it feels like it happens between my shoulder blades. Oh, neat. If it's negative, I get a feeling in my gut and it's an uncomfortable feeling. When I started to study Psyche, we were taught muscle testing. Yes. And... What's ended up happening over the past, I don't know, 10 or 12 years is that now I muscle test on stuff. And so it's a way of tapping into my subconscious or my intuition or the superconscious and still end up with a, a clearer answer. So it's always yes, no questions. I use it in work. I use it in my home. I use it in my own life. Mm-hmm. One of the uh, challenges is that if you muscle test, you get an answer you don't like too bad. You got to go with it. You have to trust it, right? And so um, I actually, the other day I was working with a horse and she's a little bit um, apprehensive about body work. And so her mom happens to be um, an excellent energy worker. She does body talk uh, with horses and with people. And so I muscle tested to, 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 you know, a particular work and and I kept getting no's or and um and then all of a sudden the horse in the next pen spooked really bad and the horse we're working with jumps out of her skin and and then some gates clash and the horse jumps again and you know she can be a little bit anxious and then um a cat leapt out of the rafters over top of our heads and one more time and then the fourth thing was that she wandered off and she had to um she had to go pee and I was like okay so this is going well and then when I muscle tested after that, we got a clear yes, go ahead. And we ended up having this beautiful session. And so I thought that was really interesting that we weren't able to do it in the moment because all these things were happen- going to happen. Right. They happened, and it was clear. And so with that horse, we started working on... Um, labels she had just moved barns and in the barn that she had lived in previously they'd known her for many years and she was labeled as anxious and uh, stubborn and so her mom who as i said is a um, energy worker started working at removing these labels and her body the horse's body went so soft nice she was calm her head dropped she had her eyes half closed and she was at peace 
Beautiful. That is so true. For people and horses and dogs, labels are not like when people come and say, well, I have blah, 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 blah. I'm like, well, you might have that symptom, but that doesn't mean you're in my head. I don't say this like, to the mm-hmm. person, but I'm like, you might have that symptom, but it doesn't mean it's your destiny. Yes. Right? Well, and, you know, the, the thing is that we will live up to our labels. Mm-hmm. If that's all anybody sees, yes. then that's what they get. 100%. Yeah. You know, so that's so. awesome. I've not I've not thought about it in the context of horses before, but you've just turned a light bulb on in my head. So, thank you. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's it's you know, mm-hmm. horses are often labeled. It's 100% they and, are. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and you know, so often it's positive and that's great, and so often it's not. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. So that just happened a couple of days ago, and it's still quite fresh. And I just thought, isn't that spectacular? To, in my mind, a spectacular example of of why we would get no, no, no. On uh, you know, is the horse working on su- uh, intuition? Is this super conscious? What is this? I don't know. Yeah, I just know it worked. Right? Well, and the fact that you don't judge the answers that you get, right? Like, like you could have thought that that no, no, no was the horse refusing or made a whole bunch of stories around the no, no, no. But it was really just, it's going to be so much better if you wait, <laughs> you know? And so we but, often make judges about our our knowing, our intuition, and the fact that you didn't, and it revealed itself as being so beautiful in the end, was a beautiful reward in my head. That's so cool. And I think that um, that's where often things get really muddy, is in the interpretation of knowing or intuition. That's, that's where things get messy in my mind. Um, because it's better to just be as non-judgmental as possible, which isn't always easy. Mm-hmm. Um, because when we start trying to interpret all the different meanings of what it could be, it usually goes south. Mm-hmm. Or at least that's my thinking anyways. So you're somebody who knows, you use muscle testing, which is very cool. I use muscle testing too. It's, it, it's like a gateway to me. It's a beautiful thing. Um, how else does it come? Does it come other ways? I don't think so. For me, it's it's just knowing, uh, or um, I will muscle test just to ask because that's easy. Cool. So, <laughs> do you have any stories you would be able to share with us about how it's shown up in your life? Yeah, I do have a couple of stories about that, and some of them are old, and some of them are not. But um, my husband, I. Uh, I was thinking about this a little bit this morning. Now, um, many, many years ago, I was enrolled in a, a trades course when I was quite young, and it wasn't a very good fit. I didn't really realize it when I went into it because I was thinking that it was going to be a good job. That was what I was looking at, right? Mm-hmm. And it turned out to be it would be a good job as long as you didn't mind doing math all day long. I ended up, you know, at the time feeling quite embarrassed about it but I dropped out of the class and a friend and I decided to go camping and we went down to Texas and we were sitting at a tourist information bureau uh, right in El Paso Texas at the the very corner um, westernmost corner and trying to decide what to do and where to go we had no plans whatsoever and we saw a little flyer for a dance in the mountains in in the Big Bend area we're like oh let's go do that 
And so off we trundle. We go to this dance. Um, I'm just standing around minding my own business, sort of getting a feel for the place. And the fellow walks up to me and asks if I would like to dance. And I, it was a two-step which means that you, you know, arms around each other. I stepped into the man's arms and I thought, oh, I'm going to marry you. So we've been married 35 years. Wow. And, and you know, it, it would have seemed impossible on paper, you yeah. know, and yet, yeah. So that was kind of good intuitive moment. <laughs> <laughs> I always say that I brought him home as a, uh, as a souvenir. But <laughs> I guess. Holy cow. And something something kind of similar happened, oh, maybe five years later, I guess. We had decided we were living at the time in, in Langley, which is a, a suburb of Vancouver. And it was just growing and growing. And, and of course, you know, um, Vancouver's a pretty big, bustly city, right? And we decided that maybe we wanted to start looking for a piece of property. I had a horse. We really wanted to find a place we could afford that had a property for, for a horse, a couple of horses. And so we were looking all over, ended up looking in the Princeton area, which is where we live now, and couldn't find anything. And we just kind of kept our ear to the ground for um, almost a couple of years. And where I was working, a woman happened to have grown up here, and she still got the local paper, and she'd bring it in for me and so uh, she hands me the paper one day and I looked and I'm like oh there's my house I'm going to buy that one and we did and we've lived here for nearly 30 years so I guess I'm committed <laughs> I guess you are wow <laughs> when it goes to intuition you know if you're going to go for it go for it right yeah and, and because of moving to Princeton, it completely changed the trajectory of life and, and uh, you know, who I, who I grew into and who I became. And, you know, obviously I ended up being much more able to be immersed in the world of horses and, and then ended up working in different places doing that sort of thing. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny. But then, you know, on a, on a much sillier and smaller level, we ended up getting a, a rescue puppy last November and we have this we have a cat who is quite superior to everybody and uh, she loathed the puppy on sight like really found the puppy so disgusting that the cat Della insisted on moving into my office which I didn't appreciate because it meant coming with a litter box and all those things we have a very small house and so you know this went on for a really long time and then you know she seemed to be making these small forays into the downstairs world where the puppy might appear at any moment and get a little bit braver and then one day she jumped up onto a table where for several years she'd always eaten and she just sat on that table and she meowed 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 until we brought her food and water downstairs and put it there and she's like okay and then she was happy as can be it turned out that she had a perfect view of a robin's nest oh. and she wanted to dine while viewing <laughs> <laughs> and and she hasn't looked back she has completely assimilated back into the household she's no longer the cat in the office and uh, now she terrorizes the puppy for sport so that's good but oh. yeah it was just really funny she was so clear to me that what she wanted was to come downstairs, have her snacks, watch her robin, and just mind her own business. Yeah, get out of the space of this of this dog. Yes, without yeah, consulting she, she, her. And she tortures the dog like it, it's now become her passion. <laughs> so wow. yes, big, big and small things, big and small things, right? I mean, I'm still on your husband. <laughs> <laughs> 
You made it a dance. You're a Canadian. He's the American. You're like, I don't know, a plane ride away. Like that. Yes. A lot of semantics has to take place to actually make all that take place. Did it just kind of all fall into place once it was in place? Like, or did you guys actually have like obstacles? I don't need to oh, know. Oh, there, there were obstacles. But life has obstacles, right? Yeah, that's yeah. that's those stones in the river. You find your way around them. And, uh, you know, no, it wasn't like the, the perfect fairy tale or anything like that. But it has, you know, I married my best friend. I didn't know he was my best friend. Because, <laughs> you know, I mean, some guy to dance, right? But, yeah, it just it's just how life worked out. And as it turns out, he was or is just a lovely human being and he's got my back and vice versa so yeah that's awesome Mm -hmm. that's going to inspire a lot of people because when like people just think those things happen in hallmark movies i guess so right Right? but hallmark movies you know they're really entertaining to pick apart well and, and it's I think one of your big lessons is to just trust the knowing and move towards it. Because people, I think, question a knowing that big and would get in their own way and not trust it. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, my theory on life has become that it's a path like branches on a tree. And there's many, many different options and little whys in the road. And whichever one you end up taking... It's just going to be interesting and hopefully delightful and often is. And then that has another branch and another, you know, they just keep going out to the finest point, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so as it turns out, I mean, I'm, I'm getting pretty close to 60 now. That is how I've operated for my whole life. And it's, it's worked for me. And I think that intuition has been a really big part of that because there's certainly been times where I've stood at one of those whys and said, nope, uh, that's not it. And then you go the other way. So intuition very much also comes as, um, you know, hard nose. That that comes back to that gut feeling where it's just, you know, if I sit really quietly and just tune into that and all I get is, is a negative feeling in my gut, then, then no, I don't do it. And even if it doesn't make sense not to do it, there's usually a good reason. Right. That, and to trust that deeply. So... Has this been something that you've always done when you were a kid? Or did- I think so. I don't really remember that. And um, it certainly wasn't a big thing in my family growing up where anybody was saying, oh, listen to your intuition or, or anything like that. You know, um, people had very clear steps in mind for what my life was supposed to look like. And, of course, I... <laughs> I diverted fairly hard from that because I um, was raised, you know, that education is paramount. You've got to um, get a good job. Making money is really difficult and, you know, buckle down. And even if you don't like the job, it's really important that you carry on with it. And, uh, you know, that never felt like that never felt right to me. Mm-hmm. I guess I've I've long been in pursuit of if you're going to spend that much time in a day working at something, you should enjoy it, mm-hmm. yes. you know. One way or another, even if you have to make your fun. 100%. Because not all jobs are delightful, but no. it doesn't mean you can't enjoy what you're doing or yeah. who you're doing it with, right? Yeah, 100%. 100%. So, yeah, we have a similarity there, in a sense. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Totally. I love it. 
Well, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing all these wonderful stories and insights into how intuition comes for you and how it's played out in like windy roads that lead you exactly where you're supposed to go. <laughs> the branches yeah. of the tree is really cool. Nobody's talked about that before. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a really nice chatting with you and, and exploring some of these things. And actually, it's just been such a pleasure thinking about it a little bit because nobody's ever asked the question. So thank you for that. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, you're not the first that said that, actually. It's kind of interesting. But I think that it's important for us to become aware and so important to inspire people to listen to their intuition I think because there's so much information coming at us as we go through every day I think so to be able to process it using our intuition I think will make our decision making faster or ability to, to be on that right branch of the tree so to speak and yeah and trust the process and trust the process like you underline highlight that Ainsley holy cow that's huge so do you have yeah. a do you have a tip for helping people trust the process because that's I think a part of what gets in their way you know there's a an expression in horseback riding around jumping it's you know throw your heart over and the horse will follow so that's how I go through life just trust the process. You just got to do it. You, you get better at it by doing it. Perfect. Well, that's, I, I don't know a better way to end. Throw our heart at it. That's good. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Angelie. This has been awesome. Until next time. Excellent. Thank you so much for giving us your time today. We truly appreciate our guests for sharing their stories and insights about how intuition has impacted their lives. And I'm so grateful for Peter Trainer for his time in giving me this original music. It's now your turn. It's your turn to listen and act on your own intuition and help make the world a better place. Until next time, keep seeing, being, knowing, and doing. If you like this podcast, please share it. If you want to find others like it, go to www.healingvitality.ca or wherever you would find your podcasts. We would love to have you join us on this journey. Come be a crow sitting in the tree. Be part of our community. <laughs>